Hello and welcome to our reflections for Sunday the 13th of February from Black Horse Road Baptist Church with me Naaman. Today is the second Sunday of the month and so it is our monthly all-age service. We're continuing our series of looking at stuff Jesus said and uh, you're going to hear from Joe a little bit later on. We'd love to hear from you about your favourite things that Jesus said. This series, Stuff Jesus Said, will be continuing for our all-age services throughout the year, and it would be great to be able to include some suggestions from other people as well. So if there's something that Jesus said which you find particularly precious, something that he said that you find challenging or encouraging or that you keep coming back to or maybe just something that you wonder what on earth he was on about, then just get in touch and let us know. We'd love to hear and to see whether we can include that in one of our services later in the year. Let's start our time together by praying. I'm going to read the famous prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And feel free to join in with me and say it. I'm going to be using contemporary language, so maybe it will sound a little bit different from how you're used to saying it. But as we do it, perhaps also afterwards, you might like to pause and to reflect on the words of the prayer and to think about each of the lines a little bit more. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. As I mentioned, we're continuing our series thinking about stuff Jesus said for our all age services. And Joe is going to speak. And um, before she comes and shares with us, I'm going to read from Mark chapter one, because these contains the words that Joe is going to reflect on for us. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 32. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him they explained, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. That's why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. 
a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Morning, everyone. Joe here. We are doing a series in the All Age Services called Stuff Jesus Said. And we're looking at just some of the things that Jesus said while he while he was here on Earth. Obviously, looking at everything would take far too long. Last month, we looked at Jesus calling his disciples to come, follow me. We looked at how that was a call for his particular 12 disciples, but how that invitation extends out to everyone while Jesus lived, but also down the generations, even to us today. This week, we're looking at when Jesus healed people in the Bible, but then told them not to tell anyone that he'd done that. This exchange happens quite a few times in the Gospels, and it really intrigues me. Why would Jesus not want people to tell others that he'd healed them? And what can we learn from this comment that Jesus made a number of times? One of the big themes that run through the New Testament is this sense that we shouldn't be keeping the good news about Jesus to ourselves, that it's part of a Christian's joy to go and tell about who Jesus is and what he's done. Don't hide your light under a bush. Preach the good news. Be ready in and out of season. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. The harvest is plentiful. It's the workers that are few. So why do we have Jesus here in the Gospels more than once saying, don't tell anyone about me healing you? Uh, if you've got your Bibles, it's Mark chapter one, and you might like to follow along. I found it so interesting that Jesus told people not to tell anyone that they'd been healed. And as we thought about how it's our job to share the good news with others, how much more would Jesus want to be doing that while he was on Earth? Now, I don't know if any of you know the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. My poor husband, he and I have such different tastes in music. His taste is like super cool. And mine is like pop band, Disney or musicals. In the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, which I do recommend for great music and I don't recommend at all for theology, there is a song sung by the spirit of Ju Judas, who is dead, and the song is sung to Jesus. As I said, it's not very good theology, but the words of the song are, you'd have managed better if you had it planned. Why did you choose such a backward time and such a strange land? If you'd come today, you could have reached a whole nation. Israel in 4 BC had no mass communication. What Judas is saying to Jesus is, why are you doing this 
the way that you're doing it. And maybe you've wondered, why didn't Jesus come in 2020 when the message would have got out much better? It would just go viral and then the job would be done. But trusting that Jesus knows what he's doing is part of being one of his followers. So when we see Jesus doing things that we don't understand or saying things that seem not to make any sense, instead of saying, oh, I don't know what that is, I don't agree with that, that's not what I would have done. Our job is to investigate what Jesus is doing here, why he's doing it and what can we learn from it about him. I don't know if you remember the 80s cartoon character Inspector Gadget. They found some YouTube videos last week of 80s cartoon theme tunes. And I've had that tune in my head all week. Inspector Gadget that and Fraggle Rock. Anyway, if it's not your era, I apologise. But we want to investigate like Inspector Gadget. Why is Jesus wanting these healings to be a secret and what does it tell us about him? Well, I think there are three things that we can learn from these don't tell anyone instructions from Jesus. The first clue is there for us in Mark 1 verse 45, because the leper didn't do what Jesus asked him to do. He did go and tell people. Verse 45 says, but the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. But people from everywhere kept coming to him. So firstly, the man, uh, Jesus wanted the man to keep quiet about the healings because his priority was preaching the good news. Far from being something that Jesus wanted to keep quiet or keep a secret, he wanted the freedom to move around from town to town. Jesus wanted to be able to move freely and preach the gospel. Now, I sometimes hear people saying that the Bible is confusing, that understanding Jesus is difficult. But often we just need to do a bit of investigation and then what's happening is plain to see. If you look back to verse 38, it says, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. This is a perfectly clear message from Jesus. That is why I have come. I have come so that I can preach the gospel. So firstly, Jesus wanted to move around freely and being overly famous did not help with that. Secondly, there was a plan with perfect timing. Let's look at verse 34 in your Bibles. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. In, John, in John's gospel, Jesus says, my time has not yet come. And together, these verses show us that Jesus is not just acting randomly with no sense of what he's doing next or what lies ahead. Jesus has a mission, a very clear mission from God. He knows that he's come to die. In Mark chapter eight, it says, then he began to teach them that the son of man, that's Jesus, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. And after three days, rise again. And in verse 32, it says he spoke plainly about this. Jesus knows that all of this that lies ahead, there is a step by step plan. And when Peter or other disciples question the plan or try to interrupt the plan, like Peter putting up a fight and cutting up off the guard's ear when they came to arrest Jesus, Jesus calmly heals the guard, restores his ear, 
continues with the plan. Jesus' life is not random. He's not just a good man going around doing good stuff. Jesus came to earth because there was a rift between God and people. And by his death and sacrifice of his perfect life and his resurrection, he made a way for that rift to be closed and people and God to be restored into relationship. The Bible does not leave open to us the option that Jesus was just a good guy going around doing good stuff. We can't take the life lessons from Jesus and the Bible and leave to one side the fact that Jesus came with a mission, a purpose. And that purpose was to rescue mankind, restore us to a relationship with God because we needed rescuing and we can't do that ourselves. And thirdly, social media. Now, Instagram. What has that got to do with Jesus, you ask? Social media can lend itself to simply posting about ourselves and our lives. It does have other purposes as well, but often it's used for just putting up a picture. I did this, shouting out about our lives and bringing glory to ourselves, boasting about ourselves or bigging ourselves up. And I think that what Jesus was doing in the way that he dealt with these healings is the opposite of that culture that we have today. I wonder how often does it just slip out when you've done something really good, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook for us oldies or in conversation. Little kids have no trouble at all in talking about things they've done that are good, saying, look at my picture. Look at what I did. Us adults do it, too. We just do it in much more subtle ways. But the way that Jesus responds to his healing of others tells us something about who he is and how he operates. In Matthew 12, there's another account of Jesus healing people and warning them not to tell who he was. And then some of a prophecy written by Isaiah has been quoted by Matthew straight after that incident. And in the prophecy, it says he will not fight. He will not shout. He will not raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. This is our God. Jesus is a picture of what God is like. He is gentle. He is humble. There's never a sense in which Jesus goes around forcing people to believe in him. There's no violence. There's no self-importance. There's no don't you know who I am. There's no performing miracles in order to convince the sceptical. Jesus has come to preach the good news so that we might respond. But he's not going to fight or shout or raise his voice. He offers the gospel to us. He offers himself to us. And he wants us to respond because we want to. There is a definite sense in the Gospels that Jesus is bringing the message for those that are willing to hear the message. He talks in parables, which some people think are confusing, but the truth is there for people who want to see it. He says to those who listen to him, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you want to believe in Jesus? Are you ready to hear the truth? that Jesus will speak into your life. If you open your mind and your heart to Jesus, you will understand the truth about him. When Paul was preaching in Greece, he talked to the Athenians about how it's God that made the whole world and God who filled all the nations from just one man. And then Paul says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. In Jeremiah, God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. So Jesus is not seeking glory for himself. 
If he'd come today, he wouldn't be posting on Instagram about all the people he'd healed. Jesus will not shout or fight in the public square. He's not about the big show, proving that he exists to those standing on the sidelines. Jesus comes to us personally and invites us to believe and trust in him. So what do we learn from the don't tell anyone you've been healed comments that Jesus makes? One, Jesus' priority was being able to move around and preach the gospel. Two, Jesus came with a plan with perfect timing. His life wasn't about himself. It was about his mission. And three, it shows us how humble and gentle Jesus is, not performing to prove to skeptics, but inviting in those who want to believe. Thank you, Joe. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you came to share the good news with us. We thank you that you came to be good news for us. We thank you that your plan and purpose achieved what you wanted and that because of your life, death and resurrection, we can know the love of God here, now and for always. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are gentle and humble, that you invite us to come to you. And so we come as we are, with our weariness and our tiredness, looking to you for strength. We come with our weakness, knowing that we have fallen and we find our comfort in you. We come with our wounds and betrayals to seek comfort in your arms. We bring to you the pain that we bear. We come to you with our disappointments, our aches. We come to you knowing that you will prevail. Lord Jesus, we place our trust and our hope in you, thanking you for your great love for us. We pray that you would give us the strength that we need to continue living for you for the week ahead. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his love on you and give you his peace. Amen.